Hello, credit union executives. Welcome to See You on the Show, where we give you up-to-date information on how you can reduce risk, keep key talent, and take a strategic approach to your personal financial wellness. Hosted by me, Doug English, a certified financial planner and former credit union insider with ACT Advisors. My guest on today's episode is Brian Lauer. Brian is the general counsel for NACUSO. He has an extensive background in the financial industry. Brian is one of the driving forces behind the evolution of credit unions in today's dynamic landscape. In this conversation, we explore the bold concepts brought to life by the Circle Fund. That's spelled C-U-R-Q-L Fund. Brian shares his insights on how the innovative ideas in the Circle Fund are reshaping the credit union movement and paving the way for a more vibrant and customer-centric financial ecosystem. Brian, welcome to the show. We are delighted that uh, you are here to educate us on great things going on in QSOs for credit unions. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much, Doug. I'm happy to be here. Tell me a little bit about your initial connection to the credit union movement. So many of us have a real special memory or an impact that the credit union movement made on them. What's yours? Well, you know, interestingly enough, Doug, when I got into this industry, I didn't really even know what credit unions were, which I think is something that speaks a lot to the industry, unfortunately, right? When I graduated from law school, I had the, the good fortune of connecting with my mentor, Guy Messick, um, started working in the QSO law space from initially meeting uh, this space and, and learning about credit unions. I have a real affinity for nonprofits and people helping people. And so when I learned those things, initially entering this industry, I was like, wow, this is the space for me. And, and now here I am 18 years later. So I think I like it and hopefully they like me too. Yeah. Based on your social media activity, I would say you're wildly popular. <laughs> so your specialty work is in QSOs, right? Talk to me a little bit about what your work entails. And then, of course, as we always do on this podcast, we're going to look for the boldest, most innovative ideas that you see in QSO strategy. It's a great spot to talk about QSOs just in general, Doug, because QSOs, I think, are big, bold ideas, right? QSOs are really the, the tip of the spear of innovation for credit unions. It's an ability for credit unions to collaborate, which is another really important part of the credit union industry. Credit unions in general are smaller than their big banks, right? And they need to collaborate in order to get scale and to, in order to create better opportunities for their members, better service for their members, more products and services for their members, better expertise to be able to provide better products and services, more innovative ideas. All of these things are happening in the CUSO space. And if you were come to the NACUSO, which is the trade association, if you come to the NACUSO conference, you'll see all of this happening in that, in that couple of days right there at the event. It's great to see. I mean, one of the big, bold ideas is collaboration. You know, credit unions coming together, cooperatives cooperating, right? And credit unions coming together and working together to solve a problem is so rewarding when, when you see it happen in my space. One of the more recent examples of this is 
fintech. So fintech is really, really hot right now, right? Everybody wants to talk about fintech. It's almost every other word out of their mouth, right? Well, the credit union's connection to fintech was, you know, yes, we need it, digital transformation, we need to get these things, but how can we do it better? And there were a group of credit unions that came together and formed Circle, which is a strategic investment fund. But the idea of Circle was to say, look, how can credit unions be more relevant in the fintech and digital mobile space? And the credit unions collaborated together and they said, look, the best way to do this is to come together and create a fund of money collaboratively so that we can invest in fintech and then also influence fintech, have a seat at the table and create an ecosystem around how we can better bring fintech to credit unions. So it's, again, a bold idea within this QSO space. And there are plenty of them, right? But that's just one that's most recent. And I'm really proud to have been a, a part of that when, in, the, in the structuring. And, and you know, we worked, actually it started during COVID uh, when we started in that work group. And we were on Zooms once a week for the whole time at home, you know, like all of us. And on Zooms uh, and, and working through, it was a group of about six of us. That, and we worked for about 18 months until we were ready to get that going. And it was, I'm really proud of that. Hmm. Interesting. So let's talk a bit about that, because I have had a Brian Cass from uh, True Stage on here talking about the uh, um, perhaps parallel initiative that they have been involved in. How does Circle work? And is that something that is open to credit unions continuing to join? Or is that closed? So it is closed right now. Circle Fund One um, is closed right now. Uh, I believe they're contemplating the next fund, Circle Fund Two, if you will. I don't know what they'll call it, <laughs> but it is closed now. But however, the ecosystem is not closed. So again, the idea here was not just to be an investment fund. The idea was to bring fintech to credit unions. And so the collaborative nature of that group was to say, look, we have to close the fund at some point. We can't just con be continually raising dollars, right? But we don't need to close the ecosystem. And so they bring credit unions into that ecosystem as subscribers. Just You can come in and be just like any other investor from a, you know, a, an introduction perspective, getting information on fintech. They have um, you know, all sorts of ways that they're introducing fintechs to the credit union space. And so it is an open ecosystem, but the fund itself is closed. I would think one of the great challenges is vetting the technology, vetting the concept, the capital structure of the fintech. All of those things are complicated and time consuming and doing it on a credit union by credit union basis is inefficient. If you're part of this circle ecosystem, is some vetting been done with the players or is it like uh, anyone can come and advertise to the group? How, how does that work? So you, you nailed it. You nailed it. Uh, one of the reasons that Circle was so important to create is exactly because credit union by credit union, you don't necessarily have the advanced investment management team to be able to vet and do the due diligence. And like you said, look at the capital structures of these companies, understand the valuations uh, and so one of the reasons Circle was created was because we felt that bringing credit unions together would be able to allow them to hire a professional management team that would be able to manage that investment due diligence and the like. And so Circle actually has an outside third party that they have hired. It's a venture capital firm that 
actually runs the, the fund from a day-to-day -day management perspective with regard to investments, uh, due diligence, and maintenance of those investments. So following on and, and, and understanding where the companies stand today. Um, and they have a pipeline where all the fintech is coming into that sort of CRM, if you will. They're doing all of that vetting and due diligence and nothing gets presented to the credit unions in the ecosystem until it's far along into that process. But another cool thing is that venture capitalists don't necessarily know or investment fund managers don't necessarily know what credit unions want and need on a day-to-day -day basis. So as things move through that pipeline and the investment due diligence is happening, they loop in that ecosystem to be able to give them feedback on whether this fintech is actually relevant to the credit union or could be relevant to the credit union, what they like and don't like about it. So from an operational perspective, they're getting they're still using the credit union feedback to help that. Are there any stories of wins or losses that you can tell us about from Circle Fund, from some fintechs that they, they took a position in and, and, and have done really well or really badly would also be interesting, but less likely? Luckily for Circle, it's too early for, for true losses, if you will. Um, they, they've been investing for about two years into uh, portfolio companies. And so um, I believe they have about 20, around, roughly 20 companies that they've invested in. Uh, they did have one exit. It was, not a, it was not planned. You know, a time horizon on these kinds of things is really more five to 10 year of a horizon on the fund. And so... They weren't really even thinking that they'd have any kind of uh, exits, only being around for two years. But they did, in fact, have one company that sold for a profit for the investors. So that was good. Um, obviously, there's uh, some downturn in the market just in general due, due to the economy, right? So valuations are maybe leveling off, maybe coming down a little bit. So we, we may see a little bit of a downside, you know, those, those losers, if you will. Um, but everything seems to be moving forward really, uh, you know, really well right now. And and just just to be clear, this is really cool to bring it back around to CUSOs. Circle is a CUSO that is using credit union dollars to invest. Now, it is only investing in other CUSOs. So all of the fintechs that they invest in have to be CUSOs. And so we work with a lot of those fintech companies as well in order to make sure they understand what a CUSO is, how, how credit unions fit into the financial services ecosystem and, and the like. So it's, it's really kind of a, a fantastic story. And the reason I brought it up is because it's, first of all, it's, it's recent, right? But also it's just a really fascinating story about how credit unions collaborating together can actually feedback loop and reinforce the credit union industry in general, right? And so it's just really, really cool, cool story to tell. Yeah, it's an interesting thing to think about, QSOs investing in QSOs, that that ecosystem is uh, it's got to be very significantly smaller than the broad market of, of fintechs. I imagine uh, some of the things that are eliminated because it's only born and bred of the credit union movement could be significant. You're absolutely right. And so what we, what we do is we work with those fintechs to be able to create a credit union branch, if you will, or subsidiary. So the, CUSOs can, the credit unions and CUSOs can invest in that because it's actually serving the credit union space. 
um, but they're getting access to the broader technology that may be more useful in other areas. We are not limiting the fintech to its ability to serve all verticals, but they're investing in the credit union part of it. Hmm. Interesting. We discussed the circle fund as a, in a traditional way and in the way of, is it making money for its investors? But perhaps the bigger question is, is it creating an improved member experience or a return on capital or impact to the credit union members? Have you seen uh, any, anything there from the Circle Fund impact? Yeah. So, I mean, again, thinking about it through this, this lens of the Circle Fund, and this is happening outside of the Circle Fund as well in other, in other circumstances, for sure. But you will see that with these individual portfolio companies, they are all about driving, well, first of all, it's technology solutions that create better member outcomes, right? And so um, I think about like some of the portfolio companies that they're working with are like a company called Silver, which- Silver? Silver, which is a, a um, financial technology app that supports individuals as they move into retirement. So it helps with the process of choosing Medicare, the process of when you should take Social Security, as well as many other decisions that are relevant for individuals as, as they age. This really fits this kind of member-focused, member-service-driven type of application is really, really driving the same mission that credit unions have, right? And then on the other side, there's there's companies like Goal Setter, which is like a financial technology application that is meant to be used by parents and children. So if you've heard of like Greenlight, Greenlight is, a, is an example. Goal Setter is, is just a credit union focused company that's doing the same thing. But it's this idea of it's first of all, it's financial education for, for teens, but it is also a way for teens to have access to a debit card that is connected to their parents' account. The idea is that it's it's a it's a dedicated account that, that the parent can put funds into. For instance, if your child has an allowance, the parent in the application can keep track of whether the the child is doing their chores, right? So they can tick off that they did they made their bed, they went to the dishwasher, whatever it may be. When they finish those things, the parent can then say yes and send, you know, Twenty or fifty dollars to their account, and then the, the kid. You, wow, Brian, you pay really well for dishwasher unloading. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that uh, as I was growing up, I got around a quarter for that. <laughs> Listen, let's not show our age, Doug. Okay? Yeah. Uh, uh, Inflation. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So both both of the examples, Goal Setter and Silver. Uh, in the the financial education, financial uh, technology area. Can you give us some more examples of Circle Fund investments? Sure. Circle Fund's also invested in the operations side. They're, they've invested in a chat AI um, and voice AI company called Posh. Um, and so Posh helps credit unions and other financial institutions implement an AI, natural language driven uh, chat bot and voice uh, bot, essentially cutting down on your call center uh, needs, right? So that's been really, really uh, interesting to watch 
over the years. That one's pretty cool too. It came out of digital um, credit union in, in Massachusetts. Posh was actually part of their, um, their incubator that they had started at digital where they would bring in technology companies for six months and give them free rent and free access to the credit union uh, staff and mentors and so forth to teach them or give them the space to grow their company from a from an idea, but also give them the ability to, to uh, chat and talk to credit union folks to see how their company can interact with the financial services industry. So really kind of a cool idea. And so Posh came out of that now as a QSO and Circle invested in Posh. They've also invested in a company called Aluma Labs, which is, again, on the back office operations side, Aluma Labs, which is a company that does voice recognition software for security and fraud purposes. When someone calls the call center, you, you can implement their technology to be able to, to authenticate someone by their voice. Uh, it's a lot more uh, um, secure than using, you know, like mother's maiden name and those kinds of things, right, when people are calling. Um, and it's all connected into, you know, they, they're also using like, are you on using the same phone that is registered as your phone? You basically just talk to the person and as they're talking, you can recognize their voice and, and authenticate that way. So it's, it's, it's all sorts of interesting things that are helping credit unions be more advanced, but also credit unions being able to still be relevant to their members and serve their members in a relevant fashion. Yeah, especially the chat AI posh couldn't be more, you know, tip of the tongue these days. Yes. The Circle Fund, how many credit unions are a part of that? So there are 68 limited partners in that. We were hoping to raise $50 million. Nice pot of money to go and do the things that I've just been discussing, right? Due to so much interest, they raised $250 million. And that's when it closed. So 68 limited partners. Differing amounts of investment from each, but uh, I think it was a max investment of $10 million from one uh, institution. And so, yeah, 68 limited partners. So the, the uh, of those 68 credit unions, I assume just because you are an investor does not necessarily mean you're also a user, or does it? So in this instance, I think what you mean is user of the underlying technologies, right? Thank you for clarifying. I do. They're all technically users of the of Circle Fund because they put their money in and they're part of the investment process. So Circle Fund is just a limited partnership fund. That's why I said 68 limited partners. But it's one of its general partners or lead general partner is Circle Collective, we call it. And all 68 of those limited partners have one unit of ownership in Circle Collective. So it's like a cooperative, right? And the collective is the entity that is actually running the, um, the ecosystem that I described. And so Circle Collective keeps track, going back to your question, Doug, Circle Collective keeps track of all of the 68 limited partners, as well as the subscribers I mentioned earlier. So credit unions that have come on that are just subscribers, it keeps track of all of them and how many products and services they're using. Don't hold me to these numbers, but I believe that all 68 limited partners um, are using at least one of the portfolio companies. There are a bunch of them that are using two, a slightly smaller group that are using three, 
And I believe there is one or two that are using four or five of the portfolio companies. But the idea behind the process is, is to, again, bring those companies to credit unions. Just because you're a limited partner, Circle doesn't want to be in the business of forcing technology on you, right? Every credit union needs to make their own decisions. They have their own processes in place for doing due diligence and reviewing and vetting vendors. We talked about investment due diligence, but there's also due diligence on whether you want to go with this particular partner or another, right? Like when we talk about Posh, there are other chat AI systems out there that you may find would be better for you. And so credit unions will, will do that due diligence on their own. But the idea behind Circle is in fact to try and find the best of the best and bring the best of the best to credit unions. So the hope is that over time, there'll be a whole lot of adoption, you know, moving forward of these companies. Is it correct that the 68 credit unions are probably all in the billion dollar plus club? That's a good point. So of the 68 limited partners, I believe the majority of them, if not the super majority of them are in the billion plus. That's mostly because the investment piece of it is dollars, right? And not all the smaller credit unions, when you get down to like 500 and below, not all of those smaller credit unions have the capacity or the want to be able to put that much capital into a fund in order to, to uh, get that investment return. But it doesn't have to be all about investment return. That's why I was talking about the ecosystem, right? Those credit unions can become subscribers. And so there are a lot of smaller credit unions that are subscribers. And in fact, what they did in this round or the first fund round, they actually have a league that invested in Circle Fund. And what the league did was went out and raised funds from the credits in their state of a smaller variety so that they were able to get access. You know, Circle and, and something like Circle, they're not going to want to raise, you know, 200,000 here, 200,000 there. But they are willing to take, say, $2 million from the league if the league, you know, and the league can go raise that money however it sees fit. So that was a way that smaller credit unions are getting access to Circle, as well as, again, the subscriber uh, piece of it where you can subscribe to the ecosystem. Yeah, I want to dig a little further into the subscriber side of things, especially since the fund is is closed. How does the subscriber system work? Pretending credit unions listening and wants to understand from the very beginning, what do you do? How does it work? Yeah, I mean, it really is as simple as you contact Circle Collective. The folks at Circle Collective would let you know what the contract is. I mean, it's just a simple contract to, to subscribe to the ecosystem. And then it's an annual fee. I don't recall the fee off the top of my head, you know, to be able to share with your, your listeners today. It's not the kind of fee where, you know, you think, oh, that's cost prohibitive. It really is not. It's, uh, I, I want to say it's somewhere around fifteen or $20,000 a year, which again, it's not small potatoes, but it's not break the bank number. And then you're a subscriber and the venture capital firm is vetting any companies that you're going to see at a meeting or read about in a newsletter. Tell me if I'm right, but I'm assuming that anything that is you're going to be exposed to through Circle has already been vetted through the Circle system. Is that right? So that is correct. So the portfolio companies, certainly all of that investment due diligence has been done. Um, there's been a lot of due diligence from the investment committee at Circle on the, the viability of the product and its ability to serve credit unions. 
you know, one of the, I shouldn't say one of the things that the, the fund does is when they're vetting a, a portfolio company or a potential investment, they're always looking for a company that is, wants to serve the credit union industry, can show a viability for actually serving the credit union industry, um, and oftentimes even has two or three credit union clients already. So it's already in the sort of wanting to be in the ecosystem. But then there are other fintechs outside of the portfolios that um, will also maybe subscribe to the ecosystem, if you will, come into the ecosystem. There's In those instances, there's not as much investment due diligence being done on those guys, right? It's not a matter of Circle wanting to do all of that due diligence to invest. They're not interested in investing, or maybe it's just not right or ready for their investment. Um, so they're not doing all of that due diligence. However, they are still going through the, the funnel to determine that they are viable fintech options for credit unions in the same ways that I just described, right? Are they are they wanting to serve the credit union industry? Are they showing a capacity to do so? And does it seem to be a viable product? I see. Okay. So it's not as taking it to the full due diligence level, but there is some screening that increases the viability, uh, at least to some extent. And then uh, assuming you're using the system to get educated on this complex, fast moving space, and, and then you can kind of see what ways to increase your participation, either directly with the fintechs themselves or through uh, future circle funds. Is that is that how it works? That is exactly right. Yeah. So the idea is that if you're subscribing, you're getting access to all the things I just mentioned. And as a subscriber, you would certainly be in line, if you will, for a, a future fund when they when they decide to do that. The other fintechs that are also at the meetings or a part of the educational effort are all QSO fintechs. Is that still the case? They'll either be QSOs already or willing to become a QSO. So willing to take on credit union or QSO ownership interest and become a QSO. Some time ago last year, I talked with a fellow named Tom Novak from Visions Credit Union. I did a great job of uh, illustrating their uh, digital first uh, initiative and the way that they're partnering with fintechs in a very substantial way uh, at Visions. I don't think that they were putting capital in where they were partnering in, in other ways. H have you seen subscribers uh, participate with fintechs in, in ways like that? Can you share any examples? Well, so I don't know if I have any examples for you, Doug, but I think the Visions example is a great one in that you don't have to invest in order to have a digital first perspective. And in, frankly, I would, I would say that if you don't have a digital first perspective in 2023, when we're talking right now, you're in trouble. It is going to be tough to be relevant to your members and to grow and survive in the financial services industry if you are not moving digital first in this day and age. What Visions is doing is deciding we're not going to invest. We're just going to create good partnerships and create that digital uh, first perspective. And certainly other credit unions can follow that model. Being a subscriber in Circle may be a good opportunity for you to get access to those new innovative technologies you may not be hearing about or you may not even be uh, aware or possible, right? And so that's a good way to, to get involved. But I would say also, as I mentioned at the start of our, of our conversation today, 
you know, if you go to the NACUSO conference, which CUSOs, again, is sort of the tip of the spear in this innovative space for credit unions. If you go to the NACUSO conference, you will see a lot of these fintechs and financial technology companies there. Whether they're CUSOs or not, you can work with them to be able to provide that digital first perspective or strategy. I hate to ask you to tell me about others, but I, I had not heard of a Circle before this conversation today. And uh, again, given that the fund is closed, are there other credit union activities of this nature that the movement should be paying attention to? So I think there, there are, absolutely. I mean, one of the interesting things that I think is going on today is that we have balance sheet management issues today, right? And frankly, we had them two years ago, too, when, when there was tons of liquidity and not enough loans, and you're trying to find loans, right? And now it's not enough liquidity, you're trying to find deposits. I don't have an example of someone solving that today, that issue. But what I would say to you is I think as an interesting sort of concept, you know, as we discuss circle and innovation and collaboration, I think that there should and could be ways to solve collaboratively the kind of balance sheet issues that we're seeing in today's marketplace, right? Maybe there's a way for credit unions to come together, get scale, and be able to develop relationships with companies that create deposits, right? Or develop relationships with companies that are generating loans. And then maybe within that collaboration, spreading that risk and those deposits around so that a CFO, if you will, sitting in a credit union is able to have tools that it can use to be able to manage the credit union's balance sheet in the best way possible. So again, that's more back office in a way, but it's also front end too, because it's a way to grow membership and be relevant to your members. So I think while I don't have an example of a CUSO doing that, I, I would say to you today, I think collaboration and collaboration ultimately is going to be with CUSOs. I think collaboration is a way to look at that, uh, at, at that issue that we're, look, we're working on today or living through today and, and try and solve it. Yeah, credit unions' competitive advantage is, is the willingness to collaborate and as an industry to collaborate. I talked to uh, Sam Brownell from CU Collaborate talking about his really uh, innovative uh, idea for this data consortium of the entire industry so that as an industry, we have more predictive power for what our members are going to want to consume and when. I love that part about the credit union industry, that the collaborate to, to in service to the member. Absolutely. I completely agree. Well, Brian, it's been a great conversation. I love the work that you've been doing, uh, helping the credit union movement create bold ideas around QSOs. And uh, the Circle Collective and the Circle Fund are very uh, interesting strategies. So if, if a credit union wants to kind of get plugged into the conversation, what should they do? What should they look up and, and follow on their social media or newsletters? What, where should they start? Well, certainly you can start by just, uh, you know, reaching out to me at QSOLaw.com. I'm happy to connect. One of the things I'm really proud of in the industry is being able to connect folks. And so, you know, it's not, it's not about generating clients for myself, but instead, if I can make the industry better by connecting people, I'm happy to do that. So QSOLaw.com is our, our website. Our contact information is on there. Feel free to contact me and I can connect you with anyone. And, you know, and I'll even say it like this, Doug, if you have an idea, I'm happy to talk through your idea with you. If you are wondering if someone is doing something already, and I know I will connect you with them, 
And anything we've talked about today, certainly I'm happy to connect to you as well. So uh, yeah, please reach out. Wonderful. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for your work with uh, the credit union movement. I will look forward to seeing you and the Circle Fund uh, do big things in the future. Sounds great. Thanks, Doug. That's all the insider credit union knowledge we have for this episode. Are you enjoying the conversation? Be sure to subscribe and share your thoughts with other credit union leaders by leaving us a review. See you next time on See You on the Show. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual security. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Economic forecasts set forth may not develop as predicted. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly.